0: What's up everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzz with Marlowe. I am Warren Marlowe. Alright y'all, it's Friday. I ain't gonna lie, I'm pretty banged up right now. Uh, I'm very happy to just be walking right now. Uh, as y'all know, last weekend we were in Panama City for FFWCT Flag Football Worlds Tournament. And let me tell you, it was a war, uh didn't come out on top no Jacksonville team actually came out on top but everyone played their heart out everyone did what they could to represent Duval County but the only thing that sucks about all that was none of us got to take take any hardware home but yeah and most of us are all banged up and bruised and and now first before we go any further with this episode I hope everyone with a speedy recovery that has that had to suffer through head head injuries broken nose ribs stuff like that I just hope everyone gets better and we get ready to get back on the field pretty pretty soon all right all right all right so I will be joined with Gia Wertz Gia Wertz does documentary film uh, If you haven't seen one There is one on Amazon Prime called Conviction uh, Gia basically did a documentary Based off of a guy that was wrongfully accused Of a rape and murder trial And the guy got locked up for, When he was 16 years old And the sad thing is y'all He really did not do this and i just watched this documentary and wow uh it definitely shows a lot of emotion in in one film uh, very congrats major congrats to gia for for this awesome documentary if you haven't checked it out go on amazon prime and check out conviction um the one you will know if it's the one that she has done just type in gia words, and it will pop right on up and go give it a try it If you have Amazon Prime, it is free. Um, Yeah, she's went to movie, uh, she's done movie things, and she has won awards on this from movie festivals and stuff like that, so it is an awesome, awesome documentary. It definitely makes you have an open mind and understand what struggles really do come out in the world, just basically living vicariously through uh, the guy that she did the documentary on um, I would say the guy's name but I do not want to say it wrong but man that documentary was very eye opening and man I'm just glad <laughs> the guy is finally out For even though he is, he did the time that he should never have had to do man that's that's still insane like uh but yeah y'all Gia used to do fashion she did it for 20 years basically she just got she she got to the point where she knew she couldn't go any further with it and now she's doing documentary film and she is absolutely enjoying every bit of her job even though COVID right now she is currently in Canada Nice and cold Canada, uh, basically, on lockdown. So, with us in the U.S. and whatever BS is going on in the world, at least we're not in this anymore. So, we just got to be appreciative and thankful, and it was just awesome to have Gio come on here and talk today. And, um, yeah, I just want everyone, when you listen to this, have an open mind and just see what impact Gia is making doing these documentary films. She only works on documentaries that are people are wrongfully accused of cases that they should not be on trial for. They should not have to deal with and should not have to just live life behind bars. So when we come back we will be joined with Gia words. joined by Geo Word,
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I don't know how far you are, but I, me in rainy Florida right now. You never get a nice little sunshine anymore, and, and it's been pretty cold out here lately, and we're not... You saw this cold weather lately.
1: <laughs> well... I'm in snowy Canada, so, and so <laughs> it's oh, it's really cold up here.
0: <laughs> reason to complain, then? That's what they are trying to tell me, then? <laughs> uh
1: huh. Exactly. <laughs> in not so many words. <laughs>
0: so, so what's so what's the hottest it usually gets out there?
1: Oh, it gets hot in the summertime. Um, you know, the it's in Celsius up here, so you're gonna it's not gonna make sense in Fahrenheit for you, but it gets to like plus plus uh, thirties. It it gets hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like it i like it hey i uh, i'm not i wish sometimes i could say that about here but my wife complains all the time talking about like oh it gets so hot here it's so hot she's like i want to move to like a colder area and then she's complaining about it being 60 degrees so i'm pretty sure we we already know the answer to that she could last in a very cold environment that's probably not the truth yeah how's that sound now
1: uh yeah i did that for that sentence i could totally hear you
0: (laughs) ah there we go all right (laughs) all right sorry about all that so gia tell us a little bit about yourself
1: yeah sure i um i had a 20-year career in the fashion industry i did that for a long time i started in my um 20s and, and then a few years ago, I decided to completely switch careers and go into documentary filmmaking. And so I went back to school. I enrolled at New York Film Academy, and I uh, studied a, a workshop there. And while there, I started recording a film that was just for a school project. But after graduating that program, I continued to work on that. And, uh, you know, months later, eventually, that's the film that I ended up... Uh, submitting to film festivals and it had a really great festival run and won a few awards and now it's on Amazon Prime which is you know was awesome was so much more than I could have expected and now I'm working on my uh, second film.
0: Oh Oh, that wow Uh, so you went from fashion to like a whole different 180 basically.
1: (laughs) Yes yes exactly. Exactly. So
0: what what made you want to get out of fashion? Or obviously, I think it, there is a rule of certain ages or something. I don't know if it's changed now, but is that kind of like what happened? Or you just kind of like, you just said, okay, I've, I've reached to what I can get out of here. So now it's time for something new.
1: No, no, yeah, not at all. It's I, I did it for twenty years and I loved it and I kind of outgrew it. I just wasn't enjoying it anymore as much as I enjoyed when I was younger. Um, you know, I worked on the business side and business operations and I had a great career. Uh, but then actually, what happened is I ended up listening to a podcast called Serial, which you know half the world seemed to be captivated with, and it was about a wrongful conviction of a guy named Adnan Syed. If you haven't heard it, and I listened to that podcast and I was really really moved by that story and was really incensed that somebody like him could be in prison for a murder he didn't commit. And back, fast forward, or sorry, I should say rewind to when I was like 19, 20 years old, I had read a book by Reuben Carter called The 16th Round. It's actually the book that the Denzel Washington movie, The Hurricane, was based on. And that book was about mm-hmm. also about a wrongful conviction. And so I'd always kind of had this passion in the back of my mind to want to help this cause. And listening to serial reinvigorated that. And as a result, I ended up planning a fundraiser for Adnan in New York to help raise some money for his legal defense fund. And that got me really on this path of wanting to do more. And over the course of the years, after listening the Serial, I was really talking to people and trying to figure out what can I do to help that's more than just donating money or volunteering my time. And... I happened to be at Adnan's post-conviction hearing and I saw a camera crew there. And we were told that that camera crew was actually filming an HBO documentary about Adnan's story. And with a photography background myself, I was watching them and I was like, what this like? crew of three people is filming an HBO doc and for me I mean that was a very naive way to think and I knew nothing about the filmmaking industry obviously because I was you like, uh, like
0: you gotta <laughs> think it's like a hundred people in there like yeah I agree well that's real. what I thought like, yeah you would think it's like a big deal
1: exactly so when I saw these three people <laughs> I was like how is this possible like HBO is a huge network and so my total you know complete naive self I came home from that and I was like well I know how to work a camera I have decades of experience in photography. I have friends, you know, I can learn the other stuff. I have friends who'd be interested in this kind of stuff. I could make documentaries and you know, I talked over it with my husband and that's how I ended up enrolling into New York Film Academy and of course after the fact um, after going to school after meeting with professors and after working on my own film I now see that there's hundreds of people behind the scenes I only saw this small crew for this one shoot <laughs> this one day and I thought that was like <laughs> all I needed <laughs> um, so that was an how...
0: HBO on a budget <laughs> I know right
1: I know but it's so funny because had that not happened I would have probably been deterred to do it so I'm glad that I didn't know better and I'm glad that I just you know kind of naively jumped into it
0: yeah it it makes you be very curious of it and it actually challenges it in ways I love how you just said you heard a podcast and it kind of like just made you realize man like how can someone suffer from something like that that's actually something that happened with me because when I was a professional wrestler, i never even heard what the word podcast was. Mm-hmm. And like everyone kept, and I was asked everybody knowledge and stuff like, Hey man, what can I do with the crowd? Do da da And they're like, man, listen to this person on the podcast. I'm like, what's a podcast? And they looked at me like I was like completely the oldest person in the room. And I was actually the youngest out of that whole group. And that was even the funnier part. And like, I was just like, so y'all just listen to somebody just talk and record and they're like, Yeah. And um <laughs> when it went further in, I just got so into these things, and that's like when I when I finally hung like how you said you went twenty years in fashion, I only went six years in professional wrestling because it just took a major toll on my body. And of course, obviously, you know when it's all right, is it worth it anymore? Or there's something more out there. And like like how you just said documentaries being wrongly accused. when you watch these shows of wrestlers that don't know when to hang it up or athletes that just are very frustrated with themselves they keep pressing yourself and hurting themselves more and more, to keep doing what they love to do. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to put my body through that anymore. Well, one of my friends was actually, he gave me an idea. He's like, Hey, how about you do a podcast? I was like, why? They were like, well, you do have so much knowledge of this and you've you got out real young. You got out really early, stuff like that, and it could be a way for you to actually still be able to help people without doing it with your mm-hmm. body, basically. I was like, okay. And go on from April to now, it's it's changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's I awesome. I still can't believe like how much platforms and stuff like I've done like i seriously i was always my biggest critic on everything so like when it came to like when i was wrestling i never really wanted to watch a match of mine because i was always going to critique it mm-hmm. I always knew if i messed something up or i done something there even if nobody in the whole stands were watching there and the crowd was like oh man that was awesome when you did this. oh warren can you
1: hear me You you're gone now
0: and they were just like that was the coolest thing ever and i'm like Man, that was not my best but it's just crazy to see like how much it does grow just with consistency and just being curious that's really what i tell people is like i was very curious about doing this podcast and into what it is now so that's awesome about this documentary thing that you've done so is there only certain types of documentaries that you were intrigued by or was it or, or all of them basically
1: yeah um well first of all it's awesome that you made that change too and made it successfully i love hearing those stories that's that's so cool and i love when people just kind of jump in and do the things that they they want to do it's, <laughs> it's awesome but yeah for me yeah. it uh it's very specific documentaries i I want to only work on documentaries that are about people who've been wrongfully convicted of crimes they didn't commit because I had a great career before and I, you know, left that career and left that salary in order to work on something that I'm very passionate about and something that I really want to, you know, help the cause. And so I could make documentaries about other things. In fact, I've been approached by people to make uh, documentaries about um, online dating and, you know, matchmaking and things like that. But while those would be super fun and interesting to do a film just takes so much money and so much time to make, uh, which I learned the hard way. And, uh, so I don't want to put that time and effort into other topics because it would just take away from me Mm -hmm. making the films that I really want to make. And, and, you know, my goal is to really, the reason I want to focus on these films is because I want to help Amplifying. you want to make a change
0: you really do want to make a change yes like, yes honestly that's I hate to cut you out on that but I've seen that so much from me from being a father of a son that obviously me and his mom are not together uh-huh. uh you see where the siding goes before you even get in the courtroom sometimes and it's uh-huh. just like even regardless of what your resume looks like or how good you are it's just that entitlement that can be there and that's what really it, put, it, it wears you down. That would be the best way to put it. Um, but I love how you just said you made funds and everything like this. Was it just basically to help build the fundraiser? Was it not to be like anything serious? Or did it make it more intriguing for you to actually pursue more and more into that document?
1: What do you mean? Say that again.
0: When you When you said you were trying to make funds for that one person for the for the court oh, thing no, right
1: to, yes 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 to to fundraise for it yep yep
0: mm-hmm. so like was that like the main goal was kind of like to build that up to when you made this documentary to help help him basically have a case in No, purpose? no
1: no 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 not at all that that case that I was mentioning earlier that I did the fundraiser for that was the case that the serial podcast covered um that's not the case that that and that oh, okay, my documentary okay. is about. No, my documentary is about somebody else, um, his name is Jeffrey Deskovic, who was wrongfully convicted um of a rape and murder when he was sixteen years old and that he didn't commit. And he since got out of prison. Um, but th- my documentary was about his life story, the first one, which is on Amazon Prime. It's called Conviction. Um, now I'm working on a second a second documentary and uh writing the third one and the third one will be about somebody who's currently incarcerated and what i'm hoping is that i can help give them a platform so that they can tell their side of the story and hopefully that'll help them in some way and that's my that's my goal really but when i did the fundraiser back in 2015 for adnan sayed that was just because um i had listened to serial and i was really bothered by how the the detectives and the whole process the like whole justice system and kind of railroaded him and accused him of a murder he didn't commit and i just wanted to do what i could do to help and that was kind of my first uh introduction into this world and that's how i got on the path of wanting to start to make documentaries but mine is not about his story
0: okay uh, that's still awesome and wow yeah it's been a really, <laughs> like, wow. um, it, it
1: seems weird to say it this way like it's been a really fun process and the word fun seems really odd to use because it's such a dark topic and it's such a um you know Mm -hmm. horrific thing that's happened to people um but it has the process has been fun because making the film with jeff has been really great um jeff the subject of my film he is such an interesting person because he's been through so much he spent half his life in prison up to the point when he had gotten out and you know your formative years like from 16 to i think it was 34 or something like that um those are such important years in every anyone's life and he grew up in yeah
0: a, that's your youth years
1: basically yeah exactly exactly and he grew up in a max security prison you know i can't even imagine and being an innocent person he wasn't even that violent criminal that they were looking for. He was an innocent person they put in there. And so um, Jeff is so interesting because when you talk to him and if you watch the documentary, you'll see um, for yourself. But when I interview Jeff um, and it comes across on screen really well, he's such an open book. He will just talk about anything and everything in a very even keel manner, almost like he's not talking about near death experiences and growing up in prison being, um, you know, involved in like people being violent against him and things like that. So he makes for a really great interview and a, and a really good uh, subject of a film because he's very interesting to watch and he has such, um, a crazy life story. And then, uh, you know, I don't want to give away the end, but what Jeff has been able to do with his life <laughs> since getting out of prison is just remarkable. It's like, it's like, uh, the human spirit and the perseverance he has is just second to none.
0: So how long did it take you to film this? documentary?
1: Um, you know, the short I filmed in about four or five months. And now the second film I'm working on is the feature length version of Jeff's uh, story. So that one, it, I'm still filming it. So it's been a little over a year. Of course, we got halted because of the pandemic. So we only had a couple shoots left to do and we had to cancel them all um, because no one's allowed to you know, get together and to shoot and all that kind of stuff. All production was halted. Uh, so this one's taking a little bit longer, but the feature length that I'm working on now is really interesting because it goes much more in depth into the criminal justice system and how this happened to Jeff and why this happened to Jeff and why it happens to other people, frankly, Um, because Jeff ended up confessing to this crime that he didn't commit. And so it's really interesting to hear from um, experts in the Innocence Project and elsewhere that talk about how do innocent people end up saying they did something so horrific that they didn't do. Um, There's that aspect. And then, also, in Jeff's case, there was DNA evidence um, that he could have had tested, and had that been tested earlier, he wouldn't have spent so much time in jail. But at the time, Janine Puro was uh, the DA. He declined the DNA tests that he was that Jeff was requesting to have retested, and so he ended up spending a, a significant chunk of extra time in prison that he wouldn't have spent had they allowed the DNA test. There's just so many aspects of his case that are uh interesting and fascinating and uh you know disappointing all at the same time
0: so like what's your job title in this whole documentary was this basically just you doing this project or obviously your husband
1: no no i had a team of people um i was a director and i did some of the cinematography uh, but then i had a cinematographer and um and uh, people, professors at New York Film Academy helped work on it while I was in school. Then once I finished school, I had a small team, a team of four um, worked on it. Um, the core team anyways, then we ended up having probably a total team of like 20 or 30 people in total. Um, but the core team that helped film and edit it was just four of us. Okay. Yeah. That's,
0: that's crazy. I, the one thing I just want to say is it's crazy to know how you went from fashion to really wanting something that serious for documentaries and stuff like that. That's really cool. That really says that you really wanted to make a change and what goes on in the world. And I mean, and like how you said, it's a lot of people get wrongfully accused. Uh, like I would say, I remember was when, when I was younger, I always knew the saying what's right, is right. and What's wrong is wrong. And my mom and them, I will say they sheltered me for mm-hmm. a long time, but obviously if someone went to jail, you always thought that someone was bad. Um, right. You always thought they did bad things and that's what they deserve. Well, when I grew up more and stuff, when I could see some of the stuff around, I'm just saying, I'm like, that person's not as bad as what they say. It's. And some people can't have jobs and stuff because of this wrongfully accused stuff. It's crazy. Like, it's literally from just being trialed or something like that could really ruin oh, your life. Oh sure, for sure, for sure and
1: there is that. You're absolutely right. There's this there's this perception, you know, for the average person that even if somebody's just arrested, they even haven't even, you know, been proven to be the right person or anything like that, but the minute they're arrested or questioned by the cops or they go to court even, most people believe in the justice system, so they start to think that that person must have done something wrong, which obviously does not help that person get a fair trial or any of those things. And so it it is, it's, it's really, it can be really, really harmful for innocent people in many ways.
0: Yeah. It's the first thing you got to put on the resume. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And, you know, Jeff shared with me some stories that were um, interesting, like apparently even after he was exonerated, once he had proven his innocence and was exonerated, You know, at that point, he should have no criminal record because they acknowledged they got the wrong person. You know, they've exonerated him. But then apparently he tried to fly to Canada to give us a speech at a school. Um, It was a school or somewhere, some organization. And he got stopped at the Canadian border um, because I guess the, you know, the update was never relayed over to Border Patrol. And so in their system, oh, okay. in the American system, it was. But apparently in the Canadian system, somehow it wasn't. Or uh, whatever, However the systems are linked to check when people are flying. And so he got stopped the first time he tried to fly for a work-related thing. And he got stopped and they didn't let him go. And, you know, they weren't going to take his word for it that he was exonerated, of course. And so they, they had to pull him aside mm-hmm. and, and do all these checks and stuff. But there's, like, so many ways that people who are wrongfully convicted... Are still almost punished throughout their life, even after they've been, you know, let out of prison and their their criminal record yeah. has been cleared and everything. Um, like Jeff, that that's one example. And another example that Jeff shares in the film is that he has a really hard time dating and finding women to date, because he'll meet women, and they'll be interested. But then as soon as he actually goes on a date with them and sits down with them, they'll ask questions, the normal questions that people ask, like, what do you do for work? And, you know, like, (laughs) and any normal questions. And when he says, Oh, I work with people who are wrongfully convicted, because that's what he does advocacy work now and they'll be like oh why are you so passionate about this and he he said in the film it just takes a quick you know three to four questions and then all of a sudden they know my whole history and if it doesn't go that way often they'll have googled him before they even meet up with him and so they'll read his whole story and even though he's innocent they think well he grew up in a violent environment he grew up in a max security prison so i don't know you know if he has his head on straight if he's a violent person if i'll be in danger if like yeah exactly and that's so unfortunate because again it's an innocent person now he's being punished in other ways even after he had to fight for his freedom and everything else like it's really really sad
0: that's crazy (laughs) i was literally just about to ask you like i was actually i wasn't even about to ask you i was gonna say i was like i'm sure the dating life was probably tough and i was actually going to be curious if he was married or something like that but, and then you came in right <laughs> off that spot. So obviously you read. And my he's perfectly. not, he's not married.
1: <laughs> and, uh, he has, he has, uh, he has uh, had a hard time. He's very vocal about that. Um, so I, I feel, I feel bad for him in that respect. And even little things, day-to-day things like he shares that, you know, he, he lost all of his twenties and part of his teens and some of his thirties. And he said like, he wants to just play sports or go to amusement parks and things like that. and most people now he's in his mid 40s and he's like no one in their mid 40s wants to do those things because they did them when they were in their 20s <laughs> and they outgrew them but he never ever got to do them so he still mm-hmm. has desire to do those things and it's just it's really heartbreaking to hear stuff like that you know
0: it's, it's like a kid like basically doesn't get to be picked on a team or something like that. yeah like you could always feel like hey i want that moment or, i should do something obviously somebody gets picked over you and stuff like that and it hurts that's what we usually call bullying but I mean this is the real world and I used to joke around what my parents would say all the time and they're like man just take everything just take it day by day and just take it as with a blessing every single day because most people don't get these honors and the way you were saying about Jeff and those was like yeah it happens and like that's sad to know that hey this man is been basically locked up for so long to now where he could actually expand basically let his wings out and let him be free a lot of people ain't gonna do that with him because guess what they've already got that out of their system Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so that's that's crazy oh Mm -hmm. man i'm definitely looking forward to what's it called yeah it's called conviction
1: Conviction, and it's on amazon prime um if you do search it there's a couple other films with the same name but if you put in my name gia it's j-i-a um when you search conviction um it'll come up the right one will come up it's the story of jeffrey deskovic Uh, definitely watch it i would love to hear what you think after you watch it too
0: oh no doubt i will definitely message you on that that's definitely i'm really intrigued by it. my wife used to love documentaries like stuff like that um we, she she loves all those Netflix. Movies. Oh yeah, me too. Well, the funny thing is, we've never even watched that Tiger King show. We have never watched this Tiger King movie, and we just keep seeing this person on TV nonstop. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, "What? They just saying this was about a killer, and we praising this girl like she's like the world famous person <laughs> on the planet now. It's like, what the heck are we doing?" The, uh- and, like, I even asked my family, I'm like, should we watch this documentary? And they're like, yeah, you won't look at Carol Baskins like a hero. That's for sure. And I'm like, well, we're praising her like she's the nicest person in the world and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I guarantee you won't think that if you watch that documentary. Yeah, you definitely will not. I'm just sitting uh, like, so why is everybody so happy yeah, about Yeah, I don't
1: it? know why. I mean, it, because it was entertaining, you definitely will not think of her as a hero. But I would recommend watching Tiger King. It was such an insane insane okay. thing to see like every time you think things couldn't get crazier they got crazier <laughs> so it was definitely entertaining really yes oh, yes
0: it was like a show basically it wasn't a movie it was like shows right it
1: was uh it was a docu series so yeah it was a bunch of episodes i forget how many like 7 or 8 or something okay, like that okay yeah. okay yeah
0: i did watch the aaron hernandez movie that one was yes cool. I saw that I too. mean for me from being a big football player from being a big football fan I'm not a Florida Gator fan at all but I was really curious about this Aaron Hernandez story and the way they went in depth on it I'm just like oh my goodness <laughs> like wow
1: yeah
0: that was a- <laughs> NFL covered that
1: <laughs> yeah that was a really interesting
0: one too like oh my goodness Like, I will give Netflix all the props on that one because they went in depth on that documentary. Had him on it talking and everything. Obviously, there's one on TV, on a TV station, I think the A&E channel, where you don't really see him talking. But on Netflix, they had him talking and everything. I'm just like, were they planning this already? Like, this is crazy on some things. Like, when you see these documentaries, you're just like, is this really a play or are they really – done something and then just what a coincidence they just have all these films on everyone like it's crazy to believe like how much in depth some of these documentaries can go mm-hmm. about a person and it's just like oh my goodness it, it's like a very suspenseful feeling and i always got that feeling when i watch these movies more than i would ever mm-hmm. watch a scared movie which is funny because obviously you expect the person to be mm-hmm. in the closet or something like that but when you watch these documentaries it's just like a normal person can be that sadistic and crazy at the very end of the day. And that's like, wow, like we've been watching this person on TV all this time and we've never thought of him like this. And like when he got locked up and stuff, where he was, where everybody thought he was wrongfully arrested, where they, where he had his arms in his shirt. All we, obviously, you had on social media, everybody rocking their shirt basically was sleep with their sleeves covered over their arms. And now I'm sure everybody felt bad when they watched that documentary. I'm like, yeah, I should have mm-hmm. done that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like, it's crazy to see like how much of a movement, stuff like that can happen for work, people in the world. And not only for celebrities, that's just like for mm-hmm. anybody. And I mean, that's really cool to find out. Uh, one thing I do want to know, are you basically born and raised in Canada or... No, US, I wasn't. So... I was
1: actually born in Africa, but my parents came to the to, to Canada. Oh, yeah, in my parents came to Canada when I was really little, like one and a half or something.
0: So, wow, you've had every season. Yeah, basically. totally.
1: Although I have no recollection of those <laughs> times because I was one. But yeah, I grew up my entire life in Canada, and then I only moved to the states when I got married because my husband is American. Um, so yeah, I live in New York now, but I'm okay. originally uh, from Canada. <laughs> Oh, wow. That is
0: definitely a change. Obviously, I could tell you like no, the
1: cold No, I, I hate the cold from warming.
0: Going from Africa to well, Canada. Well,
1: no, not at all. I mean, I was oh, one. Really? I had choice. My parents came here. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh-huh. prefer all warm weather places. Like, the hotter the better. I do not like cold at all. <laughs> so funny.
0: Oh, man, you in the wrong area. New York, I have, I've never really been there, but. It you know New York's cool. not
1: bad because
0: <laughs> I see it on TV yeah, every year. You know
1: what? It's only bad for the actual winter, which is like 3 months and it's not even that cold for the whole 3. Months. New York is great. Calgary, Canada where I'm from, I mean that's cold because the winter lasts for 5 months sometimes and stuff like that, so it can be really really cold up here, but New York's <laughs> a great city. You got to check it out. New York's a great place to be. Honestly, I feel like if I didn't live in New York, I wouldn't have been able to have as much success with my film as I had because there's just so many resources and so many people and creative Mm -hmm. people that live there and everyone it's like almost anything you need is at your fingertips all of the time it's such a great city
0: okay i want to go more into that um so what so how did your group get so where you actually were able to get film group and everything was that just based off of from people that you met in your class or is this basically you promoting yourself to get more and more rep basically to get noticed for people to be like hey let's make a movie let's oh, work I'll on look- this documentary together because i've had people on i've had people on the podcast that tell me about producing movie and stuff and there's one guy it took him 11 years to make a movie just because he had so many ideas and obviously it takes a long time to get a a production basically in oh the works, yeah i mean it, more than anything. for me
1: it was a little bit of both i had a team um, of students that i had worked with when we were in new york film academy and when we graduated we continued to work together afterwards and so there was that that group and then i hired people over the course of the months as i worked on the film so i had a combination of both i had some people i knew from school and then i had some people i hired after the fact but you're 100 percent right i mean films um like look at making a murder i don't remember exactly if you watch that or not, but I don't remember if that took 10 years or 20 years, but they were filming Stephen Avery for a long, long time. Might've been a decade, I think. And uh, films can take forever, especially documentaries, because it's not like you have a script and you've written, yeah. And you it's don't have a make script. You're not story. just filming these exact <laughs> specific scenes. You're following people around and you're filming them. And then you're extracting the story out of what happened in their day to day. And you could film people for forever, for decades, for sure. I was lucky with Jeff's story because it had already happened. You know, it had happened in 1989. Then he spent 16 years in prison. Then he got out and then I made the film. So I could uh, past story and then interview him today to talk about what he does today. And that was, it was a more, um, I guess I had more of the information going in to make the film. And I knew kind of the arc of the story and how I wanted to tell it. Whereas some people will start, will have an idea and then they'll start filming people. And then you just got to stay with those people and keep filming until you feel like your story is done, and you feel like you have a full film, like a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that can take forever, like you said, it can take forever. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a lot of time yeah. consuming. Did you watch so, Making a
0: murder I, I, it, blows my mind when Did I. Did you see watch Making a
1: Yeah. So you, you yes. saw how how young uh, how young Stephen Avery was when they started, and everything that they got on film over the course of the ten years.
0: It, I mean that that's definitely I've heard people have told me numerous times it takes a, a longer time to obviously make the documentaries than obviously than what you would make like a transformer movie or something like that because you're using your imagination and obviously with documentaries it's it's mm-hmm. a real situation but obviously there are some people that go hey this is based on a true story but obviously they put their own type of story in there just kind of like make it mm-hmm. more intriguing to the audience so obviously what's the flavor of the of that year for the audience so basically if we saw a documentary right now they'd probably have something going with covid breakdown or something just because it's it's there right now it's, some, it's something that the mm-hmm. audience can relate to some way and uh, it's crazy to believe like how much pe- how much time and effort it takes to film something like that i do want to know this with you basically being in fashion and stuff like this, how were you emotionally when you were doing this documentary? Like, how were you able to express this? Just show, just based off of filming this professionally or not not just breaking down or something like that. Because the way the story is told right now, it just not even me watching the documentary right now, I could just tell like, this must have been a very hard You know,
1: um, it wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't because... Jeff is already through the toughest times and what he's doing now is such positive, great work and like, he's helping so many people. And so it was very motivating and it was great. There were a couple of times when I was editing the film and I was kind of, you know, putting it all together. There's a couple of scenes that make me, that made me cry because it's just so hard to watch because you can see what Jeff is going through. Like you feel for him, you know? So there was those couple of moments, but other than that, it was very, um, It it, it was super uplifting and a lot of fun to do. And and the funny thing is, Jeff has a dark sense of humor and he has been through so much, but he's very, very open about it. And he's very, you know, happy to do the film and happy to raise awareness for this cause. So it was a it was a great working relationship and it was a really fun, fun environment to to do it in. So it it wasn't. um, Yeah, it didn't feel that way. But watching the film, it definitely, it it tugs at your heartstrings, for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hey, that's awesome. That's, I, I was always curious about that because I mean, like, I like going back to that Aaron Hernandez documentary and I just like always was curious like how they could film that and stay very professional with it. Obviously, I don't know if you remember, have you ever watched those MTV documentaries where they would do true life and where they just watch, just go around watching these kids smoking heroin all this crap and i'm just sitting there i'm like how can they just sit there and film these people with not making a statement <laughs> or just slapping something out of their hand or something like that but like, i was just like those those would show too much emotion for me like if i'm seeing someone just ruin their life just for drugs or something like that i'm just like why and i'm just sitting there looking at the tv i'm like why is this camera guy just sitting here you know, filming this person do this like, i've had the same thought. Think- sorry
1: sorry to cut you up i've had the exact Go same ahead, thought Parker. so many times when i've watched other things A 100% but now making films i also understand like the 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 cameraman or the camera woman has one job to do and it is to re- if yes, to mm-hmm. capture that moment Film
0: <laughs> and do it
1: really well and get the right angles. And you're focused on like, you know, do I have my SD cards? Is my, do I have the right settings on the camera? Am I getting the right angles? Am I, is the audio working? Is everything going well? And if you get worried about, I got to stop it and I got to do this, that and the other, you're not going to do your job well. You're going to also, not capture the story you're trying to capture. And frankly, you're probably not going to really change the course of what ever these people are gonna do in the future. You're just gonna miss your shot. Really. I mean, unless it's something like you gotta save someone's life or someone's about to get hit by a car or yeah. something like that. Your your job and there's other people there, right? The cameraman's filming, but there's a whole crew of people there that can interject or stop something if need be, that your right. job is to just get that footage. And so you kind of gotta stay on your game and just get the footage. <laughs> you got one job
0: (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy like i I tell people all the time like even with me with the background of wrestling was like i tell you the toughest job would probably be the cameraman i mean you just cannot imagine how many things that a cameraman has to witness every day but they're getting paid just to hold that camera Mm -hmm. and get that angle get that shot perfectly because They're the main they're the main position, because if that camera is not doing his job, you're going to know you're going to know based off of watching it and stuff like that. And you're going to be like, all right, we just lost millions of dollars right now on money. The money wise right now, because obviously this camera guy did not get this shot or this shot or something like that. So I tell people all the time, it's like, obviously, the camera would the cameraman would be the main person in any job basically when it comes to filming, TV mm-hmm. or anything like that. The camera guy mm-hmm. is the dude. <laughs> the playmaker basically Absolutely.
1: <laughs> So interesting. Wrestling's a whole I mean, that's a whole nice. uh crazy profession too that you had. <laughs> a job you had prior, I can't even imagine.
0: <laughs> well you remember how I told you that story basically with my son and me and my uh my son and his mom not being together, something like that. Well, some when you say wrongfully accused of stuff like that, like how I would say, like you know how like if you go in trial about having custody issue with your mother and the and the father, nine times out of ten the judge is not going to really care what the the story of the father would be, regardless mm-hmm. of your resume or anything. He sees it as mom, son, mom, daughter, mom, kid. Basically, kid has to be with the mom about at least seventy percent of it dad maybe third i mean that's just how it looks in ways and it's messed up to say but that is really how it does go well needless to say that actually got me to start doing professional wrestling just because i was in a very bad slump and i was at that point it was like you know what before i do something stupid maybe (laughs) i'll just go do this and it was definitely a big change compared to anything i thought i was going to do um I used to think wrestling rings used to be a trampoline. Eh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Completely wrong. Um, yeah. And um, I used to think, okay, I can fake hit and do all that. My first day, I asked the trainer, I said, so how do I hit the person without hitting them? So he looked at me and said, close your eyes. And he joked with me. So he would swing and he would look at me. And he just keeps like, make sure you keep your eyes closed. And then all of a sudden, he's like, all right, open them. Whack! And he's like, did I hit you? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, obviously, it's not fake. (laughs) Like, literally, he was like, that's how you hit somebody. I was just like, okay. (laughs) I won't ask that question again. That's so funny. Like, literally, I learned so much from that um I actually I would tell people like I came out of my shell from basically from being a professional wrestler obviously with me being a character I was a mask wrestler so obviously I had like that Superman type vibe I was I always loved being that guy more than I did being myself because man people love that guy people are paying to go see this guy t-shirts pictures everything I even had my own dang action figure like that was really cool to me, and it was really awesome to show to my son because my son, with him being autistic and stuff like that, he was just head over heels about it. He, <laughs> he called me I was the Spider-Man, like literally because that was like his main superhero was the Spider-Man. So he loved the whole character just because of the mask and stuff. He goes, Daddy's the Aww. American Spider-Man. Yeah, like He would tell so everybody all that. the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which was hard for actually me to quit too, because honestly, yeah. with my son loving it so much, and he used to you know. love being the son of a wrestler, with him getting to go in the shows and stuff and see all these people, it was just like a normal day for him, and it, he absolutely loved it. But yeah, it was fun. But I glad I I got out as as early as I did because of course. Of course. my body was taking a toll. <laughs> That oh yeah, I can't stuff even
1: imagine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So um, I know it's almost time to wrap it up. But Gia, um, tell me, so obviously you do have another documentary coming out. Obviously, with COVID happening right now, it's put a toll on anything, honestly. I mean, it's not just like, oh, I put a pause on just your documentary. Mm-hmm. It basically affected the entire world. And obviously it's not fully done yet. I don't know. Yeah. Are y'all still on full lockdown in Canada or is everything just basically no, it's complete lockdown? Okay. Um,
1: you're not even allowed to, you're only, nothing is really open and you're only allowed okay. to see um, for people that I think it's something like for people who live alone, they're allowed to identify one household that they're allowed to visit and that's it. It's everything is just locked down. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's just uh-huh. really bad, just like the States really? right now with COVID and everything. Um, but as far as a film goes, um, to answer your other question, what's left yeah. is I had two shoots left to finish the film. So we were like 90% done filming, which is really, yeah, really, really sucked. Uh-huh. But um, (laughs) in the past few months, I found a couple workarounds, I think, for that. One of the shoots that was left is uh, a shoot at a prison where Jeffrey spent some time. And of course, we're not allowed in the prisons to shoot because nobody's allowed in the prisons. Even family members aren't allowed to visit the inmates. So it's really horrible for them. So we're definitely not Mm -hmm. allowed. So but I did uh, through a through a screening and talk that I did with a school, one of the professors there is on the board of the prison's museum. And he was able to put me in touch with some people who have archival footage of the prison. So I might be able to work with them to get some footage, hopefully, I mean, I don't know for sure yet. But if I can do that, then I don't have to film it myself. And I can hopefully license it or something like that. And then the second shoot is an interview that I had to do with somebody. And I, I probably feel like figure out a way to do that remotely. So I can actually finish the film because I really would like to get it out there and hope to release it in 2021. And then move on to my next project as well. Yes, <laughs> I know. That Brutal. Oh. Oh, uh-huh. man.
0: That is crazy. I know. I oh, know. I'd be so outlived. <laughs> so, so, how long? So, obviously, with you only having those two shots left. So, how long was that project yep. again? Obviously, it was like almost a year, right? hmm Wow. Oh, my goodness all that hard work oh oh. (laughs) I feel so bad for you (laughs) oh man wow I mean not I mean people in our area now we need to be thankful because obviously we're not on full lockdown anymore and just take the praise that we can wear these masks and like all right you know what just wear the mask and be done with it like don't fight it no more and be like thankful that we have it open out here because i and i loved having podcasts with people outside of the u.s is because i had this one guy from the uk and you will laugh on this everything was on lockdown including gyms except bars or what they called pubs that was the only thing that was allowed to be Mm -hmm. open in the uk was hilarious so they could drink so apparently and the best thing is Social distancing-wise, you couldn't show up to the bar with people. But if you ran into them at the bar, that's okay. You can hang out and drink and do whatever. But you cannot show in, show up at the pub with them. <laughs> but yeah, if you're I in, hey, you're in the free that. zone. <laughs> I just thought that was the funniest part. I thought the funniest part was like, and the one thing I thought was crazy is like, how did they shut down gyms yeah. but bars are okay to open? <laughs> like yeah, that should be the sure. whole and opposite frankly everything
1: needs to be <laughs> shut down because it's just never going to stop spreading if people aren't if everybody collectively doesn't just stay home for whatever we need a month or mm-hmm. whatever the time frame is uh, it's the only way yeah
0: yeah I agree with you on that Um, that's crazy but gee, I appreciate you doing this with me today Um, we would definitely have to
1: whenever you do finish
0: those two shots <laughs> <laughs> whenever you're doing you get that video yeah out. For
1: sure thanks we'll for having me <laughs> it's awesome
0: to chat with you no doubt thank you um is there anything you want to finish up on you want to tell people well, about sure yeah if anyone's looking to watch the, the film we're you?
1: still doing some screenings virtually uh through film festivals and stuff um, all that info is on my website it's just my full name it's gia so that's j-i-a W E R T Z dot com. And all the other updates, I usually update Instagram more than any other social. And uh, my Instagram is Gia Docs, just like short for documentaries, D O C S. Uh, so, yeah, anybody feel free to connect um in, in either of those spots. You too. Yeah, I stay you safe.
0: Doing this. I hope you have a good
1: day. <laughs> okay, bye now. Oh, yeah.
0: Alright, alright, trying to get the go-home cue First and foremost, I'd like to thank Gia Wertz for coming on here today Just having a good chat, man Just knowing that This poor woman Was almost done with her second film But locked down Cannot finish it And all she has is two parts left Just it, just two more scenes And she would've been done Um, sad Oh, just absolutely feel for Gia on this but man let me tell you what I'm looking forward to part 2 when she goes and finishes this documentary whenever she is able to finish it obviously I will be ready to watch it no doubt this was a very good good movie and man I'm so glad Gia found something that she so passionate about and she could also make an impact for And man, it's very inspiring and wow. Literally, it's just eye-opening and it's like, okay. So this just happened. So it's like, wow. And this person suffered that long for something that he didn't do. That's even the worst part. This dude spent half his life under bars, told what to do in certain areas that you don't want to even want to imagine what's going to ha- what's going through those those walls and stuff for something he did not do but man so if y'all if like i said if y'all if y'all have not checked this out it's called conviction um it's on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime it is free so go check it out also leave some comments in, in the in the link today after i publish this leave some comments um and if y'all anything y'all y'all can follow Gio and find out all her next upcoming projects and everything else obviously when lockdown is re- revealed and it's up- uplifted and where she can finish with her film at least but man it was such a good chat with Gio today so much fun and a lot of good laughs like Gia is very a happy person, and it's just crazy to see. Just wow, I, the one part that just shocked me was just her from coming from fashion to doing documentaries that are like very in depth documentaries, and it's just really cool to see and just really see cool to just hear her talk about these documentaries. To hear her talk about how passionate and just. Her reasoning to do these films is just it's inspiring it's very inspiring and I'm so looking forward to seeing the futures for Gia but um all right time to wrap it up as y'all can not tell a lot of caffeine is in my system right now to get through this um luckily I'm able to sit down and I can somewhat walk a little bit still limping a little bit but hey I'm okay. And I'm not going to sit here and whine about it. Obviously, y'all remember my old profession. This used to be almost an everyday thing. So, I just hope everyone has a good weekend, a good good Friday. Let's get it through. Let's get it done. Uh NFL playoffs are this weekend. Um if y'all have not checked out last weekend, last weekend's episode with Marcus Jerry and I, my unbiased opinion, we wrong. Because we picked the Saints and the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. Obviously, Drew Brees and the Saints are done. They lost last weekend. So, huh, that means Tom Brady has a chance of possibly coming going back to the big dance in Tampa. Um, we'll see if he can actually do it. He's one game away. We'll see if Brady really can do it without Belichick. Um, I want to know what y'all think. Do y'all think Tampa Bay is gonna beat? Or do y'all really think Tampa Bay is gonna get to Tampa and go to the Super Bowl? Like literally, obviously, without Belichick, that's still the big di- that's still the big deal and the big talk of all of it. But we're gonna see if Tom Brady can do it. So we'll see. It's playoffs this weekend. I still have the Bills going into the Super Bowl. But we also see the Green Bay Packers coming in. And I feel like the Packers are about to make a statement. And obviously the Chiefs are still in. Uh, See what's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes. But we'll see. A lot of exciting football coming up. And it is almost over. It's almost Super Bowl time. But let's finish it off like we always do. I hope everyone washes his hands. Stay safe. Stay clean. Do what you got to do. Protect what you got. And I will be back when I have my... Down the road. Later.